Welcome back to Division One Rejects. Oh yeah, I'm Blaze. I'm your host. No, with he's my not. partner Kobe. No, no, he's not. Welcome back to Division One Rejects. I'm your host Kobe Manzo, joined by the co-host. Is that we'll take that? Yeah, I'll take that. Co-host Blaze Lauer, uh, quarterback at Ohio Northern University, um, here on the couch with me today. But today we've got a great episode for you. Uh, we will be joined shortly by Daniel Wynn, a freshman linebacker from Northwood University. Great conversation with our man, Big Money Dan. Big Money Dan. Hell of a dude. So I had a good time with Dan. Talked everything about uh, Northwood moving to the GLIAC, or GMAC, excuse me, from the GLIAC. Talked about uh, the atmosphere and type of reaction from Northwood hearing that that announcement. Um, but first, talk about some of the topics for today. We will look at week one of the NFL. That schedule got released. The primetime games, looking at that. Reactions to Tim Tebow reportedly being signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end. That was uh, that'll be interesting. That broke Twitter the other day, didn't it? It did. Not in a great way. <laughs> not, if I will not say, in a great way. I was kind of surprised by the backlash. I'm a big Tebow guy. Yeah, I really enjoy a good Tim Tebow, but yeah. he's been out of the league for I nine? think six years. I think it's nine. I think he hasn't played in eight. Oh, okay, but I okay. believe he's only been technically out for six. Right. I could be wrong on those numbers, but I think it's somewhere on those along those lines. Obviously, coming back to Urban Meyer, his former college coach. As a on tight the end? college football side of things, yeah, that's the weird part. On the college football side of things, we're going to talk a little bit about NIL, or name, image, and likeness, for those of you not aware, and what legislation is currently being passed to help college athletes benefit from their own. So, interesting conversation. Basically, college athletes probably getting paid here this, potentially this year, this athletic year. Right. Very weird stuff. Um, but I'm glad. I think it's taken too long for us to get to that point. Otherwise, you can always find the video version of this podcast on YouTube if you're watching now. Thank you so much. But if you're listening, man, that means a lot too because there's a lot of other podcasts that A, aren't as entertaining or mm. informative, but that you sometimes choose to listen to, which that's okay. But Or on video. Yeah, right? But we appreciate you listening and or watching to this one. You can find us pretty much anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects to see highlights from the show. Let's get into it. Our first guest on today's episode is freshman linebacker from Northwood University, future member of the Great Midwest Athletic Conference. It's Big Money Dan, a.k.a. Daniel Wynn. What's going on, Dan? How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Man, fantastic. Big Money Dan, you can't miss out on a name like that. Is there any, like, is there any story behind the name, or is that just kind of something you've been rolling with? Yeah, it's. This is the name I always had when I first started my Instagram. It was okay. like a number. It was a number name, and yeah. I just saw Big Money Dan was available. I'm like, <laughs> go with that. Man, it's like something you pick in in seventh or like maybe sixth or seventh grade, and you're just like, well, now I'm just I got to roll with it now. You know the five. <laughs> it's like the the Xbox you know generated the username. Yeah. Do they have like Instagram? Do they have suggested or like available or something? I didn't know they had something like that. They do have suggestions, but, like, the suggestions are, like, kind of lame. You might be the first one I know that actually has actually picked one of those. But, hey, it worked out, bro. I like it. I like it. How are you enjoying summer so far? I know you guys just finished up. I'm enjoying the summer real well. It's a, it's great that I don't got to do no more work. I finished up strong <laughs> with all the finals and whatnot. And, right, Good actually, stuff. I'm down here in South Carolina again working with my cousin. Shoot. There you go. Where at in uh, South Carolina? Uh, we're in a city called Anderson. Okay. Nice. Good stuff. Your co- cousin, uh, college athlete too, or trainer? Yes, sir. He's okay. A, he's a division one football player at Charleston Southern. Okay. Nice, nice. That's awesome, man. Good for you, dog. Um, and I know, oh, that's gotta be a lot of fun. Actually, I was just thinking about that. Just go down, enjoy the weather, just basically just work out and then kind of relax the rest of the day. Are you working on anything down there? Oh yeah. Uh, we usually work out like early in the morning, maybe like eight o'clock. Okay. That's the best way to do it. And and then we're doing speed training also, and then we're taking the rest of the day to like eat healthy food and just relax. Mm-hmm. Relax, man. That's how long are you gonna good. be down there? I'm gonna be down here for about two weeks. I got a track meet to see for my little cousin, and I have a cotillion to see for my other cousin. So I'm just I'm just, like I don't really get to see them that often. Yeah. No, that'll be great, man. I mean, cherish that time down there. So you got obviously you got family down there. That's the connection. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. And I know um, you guys get after it in the weight room over at NU, and I know you guys um, worked out pretty much, well, close to the end of the actual academic semester. I wish we had done the same thing, but we got kind of shut down there towards the end due to to COVID and a bunch of other things that kind of went wrong. But uh, what's it like working out with that team? It feels like you guys have a great atmosphere and the new weight room. What's that like? 
the new weight room is amazing. I've seen it when I um, did my official visit, and I just told myself I can't wait to get working in oh, there. Yeah. And, like, the atmosphere, it's like everybody's just pushing each other to be great. Everybody's pushing each other just to step out their comfort zone just a little bit. And when mm-hmm. you step out your comfort zone and you, like, accomplish what you need to accomplish in there, you just have a good feeling about it. 100%. And it's like a lot of leaders. It's like a lot of leaders in the weight room, too, that do their best to lead, and they do it. They show it, and they, they show it by doing it physically, and they show it by um, doing it vocally, too. So that's good to hear. Great. That's good to hear, bro. Now, is it any different with uh, the COVID protocols? I know we have, like, plastic sheets up in between our racks. We have one guy to a station. Really? It's like... Northern does not mess around with some of that stuff. So it's good and bad because usually that means we don't have a lot of guys with cases, but, like, they crack down at the smallest thing. So, like, not trying to hate on anybody here. They do it right. They're taking care of everybody. But um, I know for us, like I said, one guy to a station, plastic sheets in between the racks. Um, is it any different for you guys in the weight room than it would be usually? Uh, not really. I'm not going to say Damn. it's regular. All we have to do when yeah. we go in the weight room is keep our mask on, stay space apart, of course. Of course. And like after we're done, we gotta uh, just sanitize everything yep. heavy. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I really just like the atmosphere, like you said, the guys that are leaders, getting stuff done, motivating guys to get stuff done. I mean, since I've been home, I'm working out in my basement by myself, right? And like, I get a good workout in, but like, you cannot tell me anybody could get the same pump in their own basement compared to a gym with their teammates. Like, it's not even close. It's not the same environment and everything. So. I'm glad that you're down in South Carolina. Sounds like that would be a, that would be a ton of fun doing like the speed training and all that stuff, and just getting right for a couple of weeks, enjoying the time with family. But um, back, let's kind of go back to to high school a little bit. For you, I know we really haven't gotten the the college season experience yet, being freshman. But what's been the biggest difference so far, whether it be the weight room on the field, maybe time management, whatever it is, what's been the biggest difference football wise moving up to the college level for you? That's a tough question. That's a good question. I'm well, not thank you. Lie. But, <laughs> but the biggest adjustment for real is um, getting used to maybe not playing in as much games because, like, everybody who did get to play games this year, it was, like, on a span of, like, one to four. Yeah. Like, it's I think in the D2 level also. And um, it's just not the same as, like, having a big crowd just watching you, having oh, yeah. people just scream to the top of their lungs, watching a good football game. And then, like, you – but the good thing about it, about that kind of is, you kind of just have a chance to get better. Like, this year was technically our COVID year. Of course, yeah, eligibility-wise. Yeah, and we've just been taking the opportunity to get better as individuals, but more as a team, though. Like, once we push each other, like, on that field, even with us just around, it's just, it's amazing. Atmosphere mm-hmm. is just golden. But that's really kind of been the difference, if you, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And, like, you know, it kind of leads me into the next thing I was going to ask you, talking about you being a Cast Tech guy. Now, obviously, the culture of Cast Tech football is super rich. You guys produce a ton of college football talent, even NFL talent, probably the most in the state of Michigan. Blades, I think we'd agree. Yeah, I'd but, assume so. Yeah, I would assume so, too. I don't have the stats in front of me, but there are some big names that have come out of that program. Um, that atmosphere at the high school level even is something you don't get in a lot of places. And, you know, a lot of people will say that the high school football atmosphere is something that you can never really replicate, you know, later on in life just because it's so, I guess, pure, for lack of a better term. Um, but how do you think, kind of drawing it back into what I started with, how do you think as being a cast tech guy, we talked, we were talking a little bit before we got started about, uh, you know, one of the guys that's younger than you, Jackson Pruitt, but just the level of talent you guys have at that high school, how do you think that prepares you to come and play with these guys at Northwood in the division two level or, you know, wherever these guys go off to play college ball? Well, at cast and like most schools like cast, all you see is division one talent. Yeah. And you see... Division one potential also. For example, offensive linemen on average that are like six three. You get to work against those guys every day. Mm-hmm. Or you got linebackers that are just three stars, four stars that like have good experience with camp that have that are just great at football, great athletes overall. When you practice against that consistently, it's literally like building muscle memory for you when you go to the college level, yeah. whether it be D one or D two. You're getting prepared either way. Mm hmm. 100%. I know Blaze and I were talking about, um, you were talking about a little bit, not to bash Ohio, right, or the football right. in Ohio, but you had kind of hinted at the fact that, like, you know, the guys from Ohio that were kind of studs in Ohio compared to the guys that we kind of played against in Michigan, mm-hmm. like, there was a little bit of a discrepancy there. Yeah. 
I just think right. it has to go back to like the off season training. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think other states have as much stuff as Michigan does. Like year round wise. Yeah, like winter stuff like that. And I think, you know, because we're multi sport guys and um, you know, especially being like going every season and playing all these sports. My younger brother is a great example of this playing lacrosse, hockey oh, yeah. and football. Um Football kind of used to be the one that was, I don't want to say neglected, but I guess kind of neglected in the offseason. Right. I mean, you'd be working out and doing the speed training and things, but you really didn't. Now, 7-on-7 seven seven and stuff has made a huge jump in, in the oh, past, yeah. but um, you mm-hmm. really didn't have that that football-specific offseason training as much. I feel like compared to other sports, like baseball for me was right. always a year-round thing, right? right? Or something like basketball. Like, guys are always working basketball-specific skills in the offseason. So, for me, that's been kind of weird. But how involved are you, um, Dan, in that kind of – the seven-on-seven or, like, that type of, uh, you know, maybe some other rising stars or football-specific stuff? And how much of an effect do you think that that have on uh, on you making it to Northwood? Well, you're talking about, like, my experiences with that in high school? Yeah, yeah, in high school, kind of doing the offseason, the workouts, the camps, maybe some of that seven-on-seven stuff. Well, it always kept my it always kept myself busy in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like in the summer, as a football player, you can't really afford to just sit around and do nothing because you could lose. You could just gain unneeded weight. You could get slower. Your hip mobility would just plummet. You need to always be moving. Like with seven on sevens and like off season camps, that like self motivates you to like compete with guys who have either a bit. I'm not gonna say like that. But it just compels you to go out there and work and, yeah. like, see what you can do against people that are at your level or maybe even higher. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Now, it's and funny for me. Oh, no, go ahead. Finish your thought there. I'm sorry about that. But no, you're um, good. It just, it just gives you that self-motivation, like, to actually get up and do something because if you're motivated to do something, that means you're going to want to do it. That means you're going to feel it, and that means you're going to go for it. That's my belief. Yeah, 100%, it just dude. you busy, and it prepares you for college in a way also. Yeah, I agree 100%. Now, my situation was a little bit uh, funny because I know you did a lot of the 7-on-7 seven seven oh, yeah. stuff, as you should as a quarterback. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, like, uh, until my junior year, like, I was a fullback. Right. And so, like, showing up at the 7-on-7 seven seven stuff, like, I played a little bit of linebacker. Like, that stuff just did not apply to me. So it was right. when I know, um, as of late, the big man camps, and I'm using air quotes here, Dan, but the, the, the big the big man camps have been something that's come around. Oh, yeah. And I think those are awesome. Yeah. Because you just see, like, the one-on-ones and the competitions and stuff mm-hmm. are just insane. Yeah. And we were talking about Pruitt, one of the little guys, or little guys, I mean, younger guys. He ain't little. <laughs> but um, one of the younger guys from Cass who's gotten a lot of attention from these things. So I think we've seen kind of that movement to football becoming a year-round centric type mm-hmm. Of uh, activity or sport, if you will, but yeah, I was me, just being about a, to say, me being a fullback, it just didn't work. I was just about to say, I know I did a lot more stuff than you did, but yeah. for me, it felt like the season, real season, was the really the off season because I was doing so really? much more stuff in the off season, just like running around and going yeah. to different events and stuff. Yeah, it was yes, so busy. In I the, never in got the that. Season. It just felt like a chore when I showed yeah. up because I'm out here running. Dan, I had about three routes. I had a five and out. I had a swing route. And then if I was lucky, I'd get an angle or maybe a wheel if the coaches were feeling really nice that day. So, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Um, but no, dude, I'm I'm not fooling anybody. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to go and run a seam uh, up on anybody. I'll be between the tackles for the most (laughs) part, but, uh, back to you guys, back to Northwood. Let's talk about your guys announcement that you're moving to the GMAC. So all varsity sports, obviously, including the football team. What was the reaction like from you guys when you finally heard that? I know. Um, Drew Carpenter told me a couple of days before it got announced, and I was absolutely shocked. Like, I just – I didn't see that happening. So what was the reaction like from uh, the guys? Uh, I was kind of surprised. Like, at first we were all surprised, and we all looked at each other like, wow, we're going to the GMAC. Yeah. We're not going to be able to be in the GLIAC anymore. But one of our team – like, in the midst of us, like, being silent after Coach said that, one of, like, our teammates, his name is Marcus Sanders. Okay. He has to – well, shoot, let's get us a GLIAC this year and a GMAC next year. And all of us got hyped after that, and we said, let's <laughs> do it. So, in a way, this is like, it doesn't really matter for me personally because either yeah. way, I get to wake up every day and play football. I don't really care who it's against. I just want to play ball. I love that. And man. I feel like that's how a lot of other guys feel too. So, maybe this move, maybe this move is going to be more of an opportunity for us. But all, only time would tell. We just got to put in the work and find out for ourselves. Man, that was that was good. Dude. That was a good, solid answer. I love that. Um, that's just funny. Like, like you kind of sit there and there's like a little bit of a silence the way you say it, and then just like, 
So what? Like that's right. the attitude. Like so what? Let's go. Let's go. You know, try and get after these Gleak teams this year, mm-hmm. and then next page, new conference. It is what it is. And I think that's the way you have to approach it, right? Now, the interesting thing will be I, I, that I'd assume is you guys will try and keep the rivalry with Saginaw Valley going, and as like an out of conference game, most likely. But that means you know you obviously, like you said, won't be able to play most of the same Gleak opponents. But as I'm sure you're aware, Ashland is moving over there, and we've had other Gleak teams like Findlay and Hillsdale that have uh, you know gone out to the, Gle- the GMAC Tiffin. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of schools that have made that that move too. So, um, you know, what would you think about that? I would assume talking about the rivalry wise, trying to keep uh, keep in touch with Saginaw Valley there, because it's you guys are really in the middle of Gleat Country. That's I think why it was the most surprising to me is because for a school like Ashland being the only Ohio school in the Gleat at the time, for them to move made a little bit more sense. But for you guys, it's just it's nuts to me. I'm still trying to you know wrap my head around it. Yeah, we are. We all are too. But it's it's, it's a day by day thing. Yeah. But um, I'll say it like this. Wow, this is actually harder than I thought. This is harder than I thought. <laughs> That's okay, bro. It's kind of hard to like. It was it was such a shock at first. It it was really a shock. But like like I said, teammates said, "Well, if this is gonna be our last year in the league, let's go get a GMAC. Let's go get let's get this one and a GMAC too, and keeping our rivalry with SAG." Personally, I haven't played in a game. Exactly. Again. So it's weird, Second right? Mm. Yeah. It's weird. But either way, however it goes, however the outcome approaches, as long as we get to play SAG, I think I'll be fine with it. I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of other people will be fine with it too because, like, that game really determines it to me in the GLIAC who's, like, that best, the best team up north from either conference. Or from either team, who's that really that best team? You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, we have a really similar situation in the UP between us and Michigan Tech. Um, us at Northern, I know Tech has gotten the best of us the last too many years. But um, for me, you know, not being able to play in that game this year, it's just been you just hear about everybody talk about it, right? You hear what them talk about it, you never get to actually experience it for the, you know yourself. So I think moving on to this next year, that's going to be one of the things I look forward to the most is just that big rivalry game. So the energy that comes with that is obviously going to be different. The stakes higher, whatever you want to say, emotions. Um, I'm just excited to experience that again. Um, but the last thing for you before we let you go, later in the pod, we're going to talk about states passing laws that will let college athletes benefit from their name, image, and likeness, also known as NIL, which means things like endorsement deals and merchandise for athletes. Now, personally, I think this is a long time coming. Like, I'm surprised it's taken this long, basically. But what do you kind of think of all this news that's been coming out about it? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, like people act like people, athletes put in work just like any other athlete and in any other professional though this isn't professional in any yeah. other sport you see them getting all the credit you see them getting a lot of merch you see them getting a lot of money i believe that's going to be a good opportunity for us too we literally get to prepare ourselves at the college level for that and then mm-hmm. when we go to the pros we know what to expect and we know like what to receive and like how to pursue like everything that we get from us getting like getting credit or whatnot yeah i think that's a really good perspective because i actually didn't think about that because when you talk about the transition from a college athlete to a professional athlete obviously you have that increase in competition and the surrounding you know talent other things like that Mm -hmm. but really what you have with that too is just this boatload of responsibility when it comes to managing financial situations and things like that and we've seen nfl players in the past who have just not yeah negotiating that or hiring people to negotiate for you so then it becomes building a team around your brand Right, but then you never really had this idea about what that means. What the word brand means. It has such a vague and broad description at times, I feel. So that for me, I think that's a really good point because then you kind of can let the athlete just worry about the transition of the game. Right. If they can worry about the brand and the likeness and all of those things in college and start to start to kind of get used to that, if you kind of give them a head start, that's kind of what it feels like to the professional level. And I think especially for the top one percent, you know, your your first round draft type of guys, right. that'll be a big deal. Um, but Dan, I don't really have much more for you, brother. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the invite. I love what you, I really love what you guys do. <laughs> Let's go, brother. I, I, I really can't wait. Like you guys skyrocketed so far. I can't wait to see you guys even go higher. You the man, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate you, everybody. Big money, Dan. Appreciate you, brother. You have a good one. I'm just a regular guy, but you too. <laughs> <laughs> see you, my man. Nice talking to you. All right. Good conversation with our man. Big money, Dan. Great conversation. Good time with him. He said he's ready for us to just. Mm-hmm. He's already getting working. 
that we're going to skyrocket, he said. So yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for the growth. So what? But you know who else is here for it? Tim Tebow, right? Tim Tebow, he might be making the return of the century, and it basically has been a century since this man has strapped the pads on. Basically. Right? Yeah. Now, he's been around the game. I think currently he's employed by SEC Network, right? I believe it is the is the title, but he was with ESPN for a mm-hmm. while. Um, he's a pretty good analyst. Yeah, and when he gets, I like him. He gets emotional, and yeah. he gets going into one of those rants, mm-hmm. and... I'm telling you what, if you don't feel like you could run through your living room wall after one of those, you just don't love the game. Those are always great to see. Right? And he keeps them PG, oh, which yeah. is the, like kind of the funniest but greatest mm-hmm. part of all of it yeah. is it's family-friendly television. Oh, yeah. For the whole family to He's enjoy. He's a real family-friendly guy. He is, dude. And the former Heisman and NFL quarterback, if you don't know what I'm talking about, he's getting a shot to get back into the league with none other than his former head coach, Urban Meyer, who coached him at Florida. He will be in his first year as an NFL coach with the Jaguars. We're coming off their first overall pick, right? T. Law, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things happening in Jacksonville right now. Promising. Uh, Gardner Minshew not really being one of them, um, but I've seen so many players. We hinted at it in the intro that Twitter was broken. I've seen so many players pissed at the idea of Tebow getting another chance in the league. But why not? Right. Like where where does this negative energy come from? I think it's more of like Ur- Tim Tebow is obviously Urban Meyer's favorite player. I think coach. that's safe to say. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so he assumption. thinks it's kind of an unfair just connection. Like, oh, yeah, like a, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine type of like. I mean, Tim Tebow's a good guy. You know, why he not? Is. Why not give him a shot? And I think he's more of like a. That's what I think. Like a locker room energy kind of guy. Exactly. Who knows if a he'll guy you want to have in the really building. contribute, like playing So an idea that I've heard from a couple different uh, media outlets is like they're thinking Urban has a bigger plan. He's right. a bigger picture guy. Right. Tebow comes out and sucks. Doesn't just a theoretical, right? Or hypothetical, right. whatever you want to call it. He comes out and sucks, just blows, gets off the team, but stays in the building. Right. Say he comes on as some type of analyst or coach or whatever. He could give a sermon before the game. <laughs> this guy could do whatever. He could. You know what I mean? So some people are thinking that might be Urban Meyer's bigger picture is just right. get Tebow involved and keep him in the building because he's a guy that even if he's not going to contribute or start or whatever, he's going to mm-hmm. contribute to the overall locker room, the vibe of the locker room, and just. Right. He's a guy that you want to play for, mm-hmm. right? You the, just, the you just drafted Trevor Florida, Lawrence, so right? you're, not, you're not going to put him at quarterback, obviously. Well, duh. Yeah. So and maybe give him a chance at tight end. Especially, I think the move is, is kind of ingenious as well because with a young guy like Trevor, as much as we've seen him be a leader in college, he's not a vocal leader. Right. He's not an outgoing. He's a guy that leads by example. Right. And what he doesn't have right now is any examples to lead by. Right. In my opinion, right? So you bring in a guy who has the ability to kind of fill. I mean, Tim Tebow is not going to be the face of the Jaguars. That is not what I'm saying right now. Right. But what I am saying is that he fills a role that I think is very much needed in Jacksonville. Right. And that's for, I don't even know if you could call him a veteran at this point, but for a guy who just knows how to motivate other men. Right. And he played NFL quarterback, so he could he be He did. He won a playoff tips. game. Yeah. He won a freaking playoff game. I think so many people just forget that yeah. fact and how difficult that is to do mm-hmm. in the National Football League. Right. So it'll be a very interesting dynamic for me, but you got to remember he's only like 33 or 34. He's not, he's not like he's aged out of the NFL. Right. Right. He still has some of his, his years left. It's some good years, but a lot of the hate has been going to Urban Meyer about it too. Now, Urban Meyer, there's no way Urban Meyer is doing this as a publicity stunt. First, no way. first year head coach in the NFL, you want the best possible chance to win as many mm-hmm. games, especially in Jacksonville. He obviously believes that Tebow can add to this team in some capacity. Right. So for me, that's the most encouraging part of this kind of deal. I haven't even seen has it has he officially been like signed or anything? I have no idea. I think he has to go through some type of tryout process too. So he might not even make the team. (laughs) Who knows? He could be practice squad. He could be practice squad. He could be a pro bowler. Nobody (laughs) has any idea. Pro bowler. Nobody has any idea at this point. Right. Supposedly he's in the best shape of his life. Travis Kelsey, Tim Tebow. Synonymous. The names (laughs) will be synonymous by the end of the year, huh? But. I mean, Urban Meyer's catching a lot of flack about it. That it's just, I don't know. Tebow still has to make the squad to prove he belongs. It's not like he's promised to start or even get on the field. Right. Urban Meyer hasn't come out and said, "Yeah, Tebow's our guy day one." <laughs> like, if that were to happen, I can understand a lot of frustration, right. especially I, from other tight ends. I think I saw a quote that said something like, "You're giving Tebow a shot, and he's been out of the NFL for nine years when you could be giving someone who actually deserves a shot." And then someone said. Well, if you can't be out of a guy that hasn't played nine years, exactly. do you really deserve a shot? Exactly. So Who says he's even going to play? For me, like, if he goes in there and he beats out some other Joe Schmo, right. go, 
more power to Tebow, dude. Right. I don't want to hear it. Dude, I just cannot wait for these people to swallow their own tongue when Tebow goes out there and just catches. When he goes out there and catches a twenty-five yard pass, gets up and just does it over. Takes I'm like it to the house, right? Well, that uh, we're getting a little optimistic there. Let's a little stay. red zone target. A little red zone. Oh man, how big is Tebow? By the way, he's huge. Is he actually? He's, he's like six four or five. Okay, he's a big dude. So he's got to build the play at that oh, position, yeah. and he obviously has the athleticism. So I, it'll just be really interesting now. A different part of this conversation that I'm not going to lie has got me very frustrated over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. The Colin Kaepernick part of this conversation. Yeah, we're taking the conversation there because that's what we do on doing. We just talk about it. We're going down it. The fact that Colin Kaepernick is even in this conversation baffles me. Right. Now, I retweeted something today. There was something about this woman who tweeted, and it was a potential congresswoman at this point. I don't know her name off the top of my head, but this tweet said something along the lines of this. Tim Tebow was is, is going to the NFL because he can throw a football. Colin Kaepernick is not because he cannot. This isn't about race. D- don't come after me. This is the tweet that this lady sent out. I cannot believe that somebody on her committee or whatever, like I said, this is a congresswoman. Right. Somebody said, yes, this is okay to tweet. Right. She has gotten so much hate. I'm sure the tweet's probably already taken down by the time I'm talking about this, 7.30 on a, on a Wednesday night. But, like, Marcus Spears replied. He was mm-hmm. like, there's still time to delete this. <laughs> Taylor Rooks was, like, coming at him. He's, she's a broadcaster okay. out of Syracuse. She works at okay. ESPN. Um, Joy from uh, Cowherd's show. Joy at Joy Adams. You know what I'm talking about? The no, co-host no, of Colin Cowherd. I don't know what you're talking about, actually. I don't watch that show. Okay, you but shouldn't. But I get the idea. You shouldn't. But, um, anyways, she quoted the tweet and said, Oh, just, just tell me you don't know what a tight end is. So that's that, right? That's problem number one. Right. Is that he's not a quarterback. Right. So Colin Kaepernick has no no she's bearing on relevant. the situation. We know that Colin Kaepernick was blacklisted by the NFL ownership. Right. I think that's just common knowledge at this point, even right. though it will never, I don't think it will ever be proven. Right. Until maybe like everyone's so old, they don't even care anymore. And the, dis, the story comes out. But I think that's just common knowledge at this point. Him and Tebow, their story should have no correlation. Right. So the fact that people are talking about, oh, Tebow gets a chance, but Kaepernick does not, that makes me really angry because I don't think – Tim Tebow doesn't deserve that, man. Right. Yeah, he's he didn't he ain't ask for this? He's just try- – would you – you'd be stupid to not take another shot at the NFL. If that's really what he wants to do, Yeah. you'd be stupid to just let that opportunity pass you up. Right. So obviously I think Colin Kaepernick deserved a job in the NFL. Maybe possibly deserves. There are a lot of, uh, of backup quarterbacks out there and a few starters that are just not – great quarterbacks that I think he could have, you know, personally, I think he had a chance if he were allowed it to really make an impact on the team. But have we missed that window? Probably. Potentially. I'm going to go with probably might get some hate for that one, but I just, I just think that window might've passed us. But uh, back to Tebow, how do we see him faring, catching the ball from our boy T-Law out of Clemson? I mean, who knows? Never seen him play tight end before. Exactly. Someone was saying he's never played tight end like in his whole life. Well, it's like obviously he's been playing quarterback. Yeah. So, man, who knows? He's big dude. It'll he's be good athlete. So now let's talk about offensive side for the Jaguars. What other weapons do they have? We know they have Trevor I was just Lawrence about at quarterback. This, this morning, actually, they brought in Etn right. with their other first round pick. Right. right? Was that his first yeah. round? Yep. Right. Yeah, that was first round. Etn. So he's a guy that they'll get out of the backfield and catch yep. a lot of balls. Don't forget too. about James so Robinson. James Robinson out of the mm-hmm. backfield too. Right. Just coming off his rookie season. Mm-hmm. So drafted. A couple weapons there. Now, what are they working with on the outside? Do you have any idea? Um, they just signed Marvin Jones from the Detroit Lions. Did they actually? I think so. Jones is going to Jacksonville. Yep. And well, that they, is if I didn't. Uh, why did I not know that? I probably should have known that. Got to keep up. I really do, but that's a huge threat. It is. So I'm just I'm thinking this. You might say, well, why, why do you care what's around Tebow? Well, dude, if there are talented te- receivers around Tebow, excuse me, that makes his job a hell of a lot easier to oh, get yeah. open and become that threat that they need him to mm-hmm. be. Because I know Devin Bush tweeted out. By the way, I know you're a Michigan guy. I cannot right. stand Devin Bush. Just infuriates really me to no end. Right? He's talking about right. Tebow gets a chance at the NFL. Just wait till we play Jacksonville. What did Tim do to you, dude? Right. I did see that. What did Tim do to you? I don't understand it. But um, anyways, going back to the weapons thing, I think that'll just make his job easier. And I right. hope that can't forget that about Urban DJ Meyer. Shark. Yeah. Also. Yep. I hope that I hope that Urban Meyer. Um, you know, I think he will, obviously. Tebow's his guy, but he gives him a few chances to to succeed and, and kind of grow into that position. Mm-hmm. Even if he's not the starter day one. I would right. assume he's not. Probably not. I don't I, I have, have no a, idea who the tight ends are in Jacksonville. Because um, it's just I don't want I don't want to throw reason. out any names with when I'm not sure, but exactly. So Tyler Eifert, maybe. I okay. feel like that's uh Okay. That might be a but nobody that comes guess. to you, nobody that comes to your mind's like, yeah, this guy's solid. 
There's not, nobody. Not really. It's not like a standout, like exactly. a, like a George Kittle or something. So I think that will be that will be very interesting. Um, and I don't know how that's going to work. To be completely honest with so you. So we but, taking the uh, over or under one reception. Oh, I'm taking or hammering the over on that. <laughs> the over. We're hammering the over. I think that is a good. Tim decision. Tebow, I think, makes the squad either way. They're going to give him a chance. Tight ends always get lost in the mix, so he they could, do. He could pop out in the curl route. And Tim Tebow is a guy that will stick his nose in there and block too, which is unappreciated from a lot of tight ends. You know, Kittle is a great example of an inline tight end that can sneak out and get into space. Right. His blocking ability is very impressive. Talking about, you're talking about Gronk. He, he well, got Gronk signed to Tampa too. Bay to block, Gronk according to too. him. Yeah, right? Well, well, a, you look at the frame on a guy like Gronk, yeah. and Kittle's no small guy either. But. I think that was just a secret to hide his receptions to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, but um, I know Kittle, Kittle's one that comes to my mind immediately as a great inline tight end, somebody who can really take off that edge presence and just, just right. block the hell out of him. I mean, what about our really hometown is. guy, uh, TJ Hawkinson? TJ Hawk is making an absolute run, and he they heard a great story about him on Busting with the Boys. Shout out Busting with the Boys with uh, you know Taylor Luan and Will Compton, the boys from Tennessee. But uh-huh. they had, let's see, they had TJ, they had Hawk on there, right. and then they had... Um, why am I blanking Kelsey? They had Kelsey on the podcast okay. too, Travis Kelsey. And Hawkinson was talking about how uh, Quinn, you know, after he drafted him. Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn after he drafted him. Rest in peace. Um, after he drafted him. Not really. He didn't, he didn't die. I was kidding. Um, but after he drafted him, three months three months after they drafted Hawkinson, he came to him and he was like, you know, because Hawkinson, I, I guess I should probably say I think say I know you're more. about to say. I think I, I heard this. Hawkinson, when he got drafted, was, you know, just shirt and tie, straight business, Iowa guy, you know, just straight to the bit, straight to the point. Right. Like, no funny business. No funny business. Three months in, we see this guy has a lot of personality. Oh, yeah. And Bob Quinn said, you're not the same player that I drafted. And I don't know. Yeah, if, he's better. Exactly. I don't know if TJ was supposed to feel slighted by that comment. Yeah. First of all. What kind of comment is the that? The mouth that it's coming from holds almost zero respect that's in why his he mind, has, I'm sure. That's why, he hasn't done, that's why he doesn't have a job anymore. Exactly. And that's why TJ Hawkinson is a Pro Bowl. Second best tight in the AFC. He was the NFC Pro, right? Pro Bowl, yeah. I believe. Yeah. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson. I'm with you right there. That's my ranking. I'm with you right there. So I think um, personality Not is a trait that the Lions the have been lacking. Don't get it twisted. Personality is a trait that the Lions have been lacking, too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you got me on my TJ Hawkinson, on my, on my thing. Patricia there. was trying to keep it all serious business all the time. You see how that worked out. Yeah, next week I want to talk about him. They're talking about him being the potential successor of Bill Belichick. We're not even going to get into oh, that today. God. We don't have time for Can that you conversation. Already see what he did? We don't have time for that conversation today, but next, uh, next week, next episode, we will definitely get into that. Now, I do want to talk uh, about the NFL's week one schedule that has been released mm. now. The full schedule will be released in 20 minutes here, but we're just going to talk about week one, right? We'll just right. keep it simple. We can touch right. on the rest of it next episode. Um, it all starts Thursday night, whenever this is. I don't know, whatever Thursday night. I don't know what, what the date is, whatever. But going to the season, it starts on, the, on a Thursday night, some random Thursday night, with the defending champs, the Buccaneers, hosting the Cowboys. Because, of course, the Cowboys get the primetime games. I don't understand. Why do we keep them on these nationally televised games? Nobody they wants don't to watch deserve the it. Now, there will be a little bit of hype, hype now that Dak is back, I will yeah. say. I'm not I'd really sure st- how I don't game care, though. I don't care, though. I don't care. Yeah. I, uh, Dak is a phenomenal quarterback. He's being paid as such as well, deservedly so. This game should not be even in the ballpark of being a close game. On paper. On paper. Football is funny. Right. Football is very funny. funny. Where is it at? It's at and Tampa? It has, it's at Tampa Bay. Dallas spent, I think, their first five picks on defense, four picks on defense. So they're trying to shore up that side of the mm-hmm. ball. Rightfully so. I just, I just don't see it. But moving on, Who Sunday knows? night. This is a good one. Sunday night goes to Bears at Rams, where hopefully we get to see Stafford tear up the NFC team that we just can't stand. Well, right. a couple weeks. Can't stand a couple, he leaves the Lions and has the Bears again. Plays the Bears again. He just can't right escape the these guys. Now, but this time, maybe he'll beat them. That would be interesting. Is One is exactly what I was going to say. Maybe he'll beat them. But two, I think the Bears defense will be a good challenge for that Rams offense. Because, like you said, on paper... That Rams offense has a lot of potential and a lot of power oh, yeah. at a lot of positions, right? Mm-hmm. Has um, power with Jared Goff. Exactly. Definitely power with Matt Stafford. Exactly. From a guy like Akers is coming off a phenomenal rookie season. You look on the yep. outside, run and pass game have been looking great. Um, and with the best defense in the league last year, you're in a position for success. So that oh, yeah. game, I'm very excited to see how Stafford performs against the Bears defense that has been, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say phenomenal, but has been very stout. Yeah. You know, the last couple of years. I, think I will that, be watching... All the Rams games. Yes, I'm going to be 100% with you. Even though um, they, they were boring to me before. I think I said that in one of the podcasts did you really? a while ago. 
Wow. I was like, they go like 10 tight ends every play and just run it. Yeah. Now they got Matt Stafford, so I have a reason to watch. Yeah, and Jared Goff, you know, had a broken thumb, so I've been really <laughs> right. able. Yeah, but, um, you know, we got to defend our guy now. You know right. what I mean? We can't be slandering our own guy. Right, I, right. Come on now, boys. But um, finally, the Monday night primetime game is Ravens at Raiders. <laughs> That's, that was exactly my reaction. Now, I think the bright spot of this game is I'm assuming this will be at the Raiders' new stadium. I think so. The one that looks like the Death I just, Star? I just read something about that, about them opening it up. Yeah, so, so it looks like the Death Star. Like, if the Death Star were to show up at, it would be reincarnated as the Raiders Stadium. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and that's a, that's a huge compliment. Like, the place is insane. Yeah. I don't know where they got the funding for that. I think it went, like, $3 billion over budget, over. actually. I be, It was a lot of money. Was it was in the billions. I'm, I'm telling you, it went a lot of money over. Like, maybe it might have been $300 million or something along those lines. All that goes seven and nine. That, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, exactly. So... Uh, that game, we really shouldn't be any surprises there. What was their first round pick, the Raiders this year? I can't remember off the top. Of I my have head. no clue. Yeah, it just I don't think I don't think they did. Very I don't really well. care, yeah. so I didn't pay attention. Other key games in Week One. Let's uh, recap and uh, not recap, I guess, but hash these out. Uh, big time AFC matchup. We have Steelers at Bills. That's yep. a that's a chance for the that Steelers to get absolutely routed, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Dude, if we're talking about just momentum off coming off of last season, the way that the Bills looked all the way up to that AFC Championship game, right, and the way that the Steelers dropped off at the end of the season, right, I'm just saying if we pick off where we left off, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I like the Bills' odds, especially at home. Mm-hmm. And if NFL is supposed to be at full capacity, like Roger Goodell says we're going to be, that stadium in Buffalo is Woo! going to be rowdy. Watch out, tables. What table? That is a bad day to be a folding table. <laughs> that is a bad day to be a folding right. table anywhere in Buffalo. I don't see any clues that would point to it being any different because the Steelers. I agree. Steelers, they got a new running back. That's about it. Yep. So a good running back. Yeah, good a, running a real, back, but really it's not going to keep you. From and they needed that, but a good running back is not really anything without a good offensive line, and we've seen that kind of been a struggle. Pittsburgh used to be known for a very stout downhill offensive line that was getting your face and just tough brawler type. You're right. They've kind of gotten away from that. They've, they they've just don't have the, out a little bit. They don't have the enforcers that they used to have up there, that front five. So yeah. I think that's something that they're going to have to definitely address. Um, maybe, in, maybe it's just in the offseason. I don't know. But moving on, we have Jets at Panthers. Now you might think, you know, why is that an interesting game? Sam Darnold makes that one an interesting game. Sam Darnold. A little bit of a revenge Zach game. Wilson. Zach Wilson is actually a pretty good point, too. So uh, we'll most likely see him uh, being in the starter role. Who else is in New York? Nobody. And he's going to be their guy. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be very interesting. But the Sam Darnold revenge game is really what I was getting back. And the Panthers really moving to that back to that younger quarterback, uh, moving on from Teddy Bridgewater, which what's the move with Teddy? What is, what is he doing right now? I think now? he's in Denver now. Is he I in Denver? Denver picked him up. I think you might be right. Um, until they get Aaron Rodgers. That'd until be they something. Aaron Rodgers. That'd be absolutely something. But uh, moving on from that, 49ers at Lions. And you said it before we got going on the pod today. You're like, we're going to get clapped. At least we can do it at home in front of our own fans. Yep. Now I have I I shouldn't say this. I hope I have high expectations, <laughs> but I, I know I shouldn't. I'm going to tell you this too. I've been sipping the Kool-Aid. All I'm signs. A, I'm about half a pitcher deep in the Kool-Aid and – all of a sudden, I'm looking and I'm like, you know, kind of looking at the schedule. Schedule came out the other day, and I'm like, shoot, like we got 17 games. All of a sudden, like seven, eight wins are creeping into my head, and, and I'm like, our terrible squad won five last year. Yep. So and I'm just thinking, like, that. well, you can, you can be Jacksonville and be satisfied after one. But like, could. as soon as that seven and eight wins, close to nine wins, started creeping in my head, I was like, man, I'm getting dangerously close to playoff playoff territory. Excuse me, with the ten wins, which would be like playoffs. And I was like, I need to relax. <laughs> I need to relax. I need to I need to rein myself back in and and actually see this team play. Right. As much as I love the way that MCDC Motor City Dan Campbell and mm-hmm. his boys over there, um, they've started to construct this thing from the inside out oh, at yeah. the line position. I love the idea behind that. I think it's different. I think it's what we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love all of that, that being said, I just can't, I can't buy into it yet because you know the pass uh, yeah. and you know what Not this yet. organization is for under the same ownership. I will yeah. add. Yep. And we could talk about that all day, but uh, moving on to the next game, Browns at chiefs. This might be, you know, Bears and Rams is going to be really awesome. Browns at Chiefs might be a number two for me. 
as far as how hyped I am to see that game. Oh, yeah. This will be my favorite game of the week. Yeah. In Arrowhead Besides Stadium. the Lions, but this yeah. is going to be more. In, in Arrowhead Stadium. And I think the one note that I had for this one was that this new Browns secondary, they've really filled it out. I know their first-round pick was Greg Newsom out of mm-hmm. Northwestern. Yep. Um, but that Brown secondary is going to be tested, and they're going to be tested very fast. Oh, yeah. There's no acclimation they got those period. New, uh, guys that they signed from mm-hmm. L.A. They did. They brought in a bunch of uh, they defensive drafted that backs. guy from Notre Dame. Yeah, they got, really him, they got him name, later. Yeah, J-O-K, him. I think, yep. is the Exactly. They so there's not going to be an acclimation period for those guys in that Odell defensive will be secondary. Back. Odell will be back. But I'm really just thinking about that defensive side of the ball because, right. you know, if they can't if they can't do that, it'll turn into a shootout. And I, you could argue with the star power they have, Cleveland could be built for that, but that's not the game they want to run. Right. They want to be able to dominate the clock. I think the clock and the time of possession game is the game they want to play much more so than the shootout and the flashy plays. Right. Because when you have the line and when you have the backs that they have, that stable of backs in Cleveland, yeah. the duo more like, not really a stable. The line. Um, but when you can control the clock like that, that's what you want to do. You don't want to get behind and have to play outside of your game. So if they can stay comfortable in that game, I am really excited to see it. But like I said, you're going to have OTAs. You're going to have camp. That defensive secondary needs to figure out something quick, or we might be seeing a relapse of what Tyreek Hill did to the Buccaneers. It's possible. Not in the Super Bowl. Also, We're talking the, that regular The Chiefs you know, are also coming off a pretty down game. Yeah. So we'll see what An emotional do. loss. Yeah. If anything, I think that's fuel. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll I, I, I think do. you would agree with me on that. Yeah. I really think that's fuel for them. And I hope it is because I think that's the they're professional athletes. Like they're going to bounce back. I don't yeah. think they're going to drag that into the next season. Uh-huh. But we'll see. Um, Ocho Cinco actually came out and said that if Patrick Mahomes doesn't win the MVP this year, he won't shower for two months. That's a... That could be a sweaty boy. That's a weird bet. That's a weird bet. I don't know who put him up to that. Himself, Ocho Cinco, probably. He probably did. He's an interesting guy. He's setting He's records and eating McDonald's when he was playing. I mean, I don't know. Were you going to say something? Were you yeah, say? I was going to say, uh, I saw a tweet earlier. It was, it was just a joke, obviously, but someone said, oh, good. the Chiefs... The Chiefs don't have any balls to run Chad Henney out there. <laughs> Prove that it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just thought that was funny. That is fantastic, dude. Um, but last game here on my list, Packers and Saints. And obviously the two, I would say, I guess not the two top dogs, but two of the top three dogs out of the NFC, right, mm-hmm. excluding the Buccaneers. Right. Um, really, that's who I thought was going to be the NFC championship game last year, but we got them the round before that, correct? It was Tampa Bay. New Orleans, and then Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we. Oh yeah, you're right. They didn't play. They didn't play each other. That's on me. Um, but why I have this on the list is not only that, but the the factor of how much different this game is going to be than a year ago. Only a year ago, obviously right. Rodgers. We don't know what his situation is like. There's a very good possibility that he's out of Green Bay. Yeah. Drew Brees Two potentially new gone. quarterbacks. Drew Brees. Gone. We know Drew Brees is gone. Yeah. Rodgers, we're still figuring out. Um, but instead, the Saints go and put $140 million in Taysom Hill, a lot of which, almost all of which is voidable. So let's not get you know too ahead of ourselves. We talk about right. that deal on past episodes. But um, that will be very interesting to me because that's going to be a new look for two teams. Yeah. And I think it'll be really, really odd. Could be a good game. It could be a great could game. Could be a horrible game. I think it will be a really good game. Who knows? I think it really will be. I think the rest um, of their teams are good enough to you know, stay afloat if the quarterbacks aren't there. Yeah. So you got James Winston's not terrible. Dude, so led I mean, the league in touchdowns and, and interceptions. interceptions. Yeah, we knew that was coming. But <laughs> we knew that uh, was coming. Anyways, in passing yards, but and passing um, yards. You know, I think that'll be a really interesting one. Now let's get into a little bit of college football talk. A little bit of college football to finish off the pod today, and we touched on it with our guy, Big Money Dan, earlier. But uh, the headline I have here says sub states are ahead of the game on NIL laws, and like we talked about earlier. Um, NIL stands for name, image, and likeness. For those of you um, who may have missed that earlier conversation, if you did, I don't know what you're doing this far in the episode, but I still appreciate you. But either way, the debate has gone on forever. You know, should college athletes be paid? And I think, you know, the answer kind of turns out to be yes and no. It's a weird kind of balance that we may have found. I'm not saying it's been implemented yet. And I think the biggest misconception is that in that argument, schools – are theoretically offering a wage or a salary to these players. That's never been the idea. Right. At least for most radical thinking people, I don't think that's been the idea. There may have been a few extremists that were like, yeah, these guys should be on six-figure salaries every year. They put in that much. I don't think it's ever been. They're on scholarship. You know, they obviously get perks, especially the big-time universities. But 
they there are some states already passing legislation that will allow these athletes to benefit and profit from the name, image, and likeness. So this could mean anything from selling jerseys and merchandise to creating sponsored social media posts. Mm -hmm. So partnering with brands, other things, this leads me into endorsements. Being on a billboard. Being on billboards, just endorsing products and other services in general. Yeah. Um, he even said private training sessions was on the list. Uh, one okay. of the articles that I read, that was kind of interesting. I never really know what that, that entails. Right. They're going to be training you. I, like, like, who, like, you know what? Trevor Lawrence is a stud. Like, maybe he wants to, you know, he, he trains like me. a, yeah, like, like, <laughs> I think he's busy with his own training. I, that's, I really thought that was odd. Yeah. Like, these guys are not pros yet. Yeah, they're not personal trainers. But either. if they want to do it, they can and they can make money off of it, supposedly. Um, also, YouTube channels. That's a big one. I know the, the conversation kind of goes towards destroying. Yeah. On YouTube, right? The kicker. Right. Um, from, I don't know where he's from. Where he went to college somewhere for a he bit, did. though. I don't, can't But then they got, he got is. in trouble because he's profiting off of his YouTube channel, obviously. Right. Decided to make that full time. Tried out in the CFL. He might have even been in the CFL for a little bit. I don't know. He's kind of still sure. looking for a chance to, to try out for an NFL team. But so. his YouTube channel got him in a little bit of trouble while on the college scene because he was profiting off of that and the current regulations are just not there. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, autograph sales and so much more. Right. So, you know, for a lot of things that we've seen guys get in a lot of trouble for in the past, mm -hmm. just might not be, not be that yeah. big of a deal anymore. And I also think a lot of this stuff goes on anyways. Yeah. Oh, now yeah. it will just be less shady. Right. Right. I think if you're going to do it, you got to do it the right way. Agreed. Because, like, if, like you get in, on the up if you get into, like, the statistics and stuff like that, there's, like, football and basketball are the only two sports that actually, like, make revenue at the college the level. At the college level, yep. So you're 100% right. So if, right. if you were to pay them, like, a salary from, like, the school or, the, or yeah. the NCAA, I mean, like, then you're, like, excluding all these other sports and you're going to be running out of money. And for the vast majority of schools, I want to say almost, like, 80 to 85%, they're actually losing money on these sports. Yeah. Like, there are very few schools right. that actually bring in money on their football program. Yeah. Now, you can say that there are there are so many other benefits. That's why schools have football programs because it helps fill beds. Like, mm -hmm. kids want to go to a school that has a football program. Even if you're not a football player, right. having that college environment and things are so important to a lot of potential students. Um, but the legitimate actual cost, X, Y, and Z, never equal out. Right. A lot of schools, that's just a loss, which is right. very odd to me. I didn't really realize that. Uh, but back to the legislation, it all started in September of 2019. Mm -hmm. So it, it feel, doesn't feel like too long ago, but that's like almost two years ago. Almost. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, it started in California. They passed what is called the Fair Pay to Play Act. Mm -hmm. This would allow college athletes to gain profit off their NIL starting January 1st, 2023. Okay. So a pretty long-reached goal. But they, I guess they just figured that the rules would kind of come around by that point. Right. Really, the idea was to put pressure on the NCAA and kind of press for a national, a nationwide policy regarding these matters. Right. So I think that kind of just started the wave mm -hmm. of all of it. So now at, at this point, um, I just checked earlier today, over 15 states have officially passed specific NIL laws. Six of them are set to take effect in 2021, including Alabama and Florida. Okay. Two. I just I say those states because those are two huge football states. Oh yeah, massive. Alabama, obviously. Florida has a ton of big time Division One programs, and you know Michigan's one of the uh, one of the. I think it's twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. Okay. I think twenty twenty two. Michigan. Okay. Uh, one of their laws comes into effect. Right. So as long as as long as it's not like a salary coming from the school right? or something, then it should work out. Because for me, what this says is we ain't making any money. Yeah. It's the one percent. And that's fine because those are the guys that are really losing out on all of this. The Trevor Lawrence's, the Zion Williamson's right. of the world. Right. These are the guys that need this more than anybody because they are bringing in so much revenue and mm -hmm. so much profit for the NCAA and for these, these schools and organizations or whatever. Really not. So, it's really just the NCAA yeah. and the broadcasting companies, right? Because, you know, all their rates go up to get all the big primetime games with these big time athletes. You're right. They bring in so much revenue for these guys. So it's not fair in my head to not let them get their piece of the pie, if you right. will. Right. Yes, piece yeah. of the pie. So that's how I see it. Is the top one percent going to benefit the most? But as they should. Right. So their backup punter is not going to get anything. Their backup punter will indeed not get paid any sort of deal. But your starting quarterback, you know, he might. Exactly. And I think it will still have an effect. I don't want to make it sound like it's literally just the top, but it, it really will be. They'll see the biggest. But I think a lot of players, like even just like selling autographs and stuff. I think some people. I think have, that'll go a long way. Some people have cal calculated somehow, like, you know, like people like Trevor Lawrence could possibly make up to like a million dollars. Have they? See, I have not seen that. I would love to actually look at some of those stats. Like, if it was, if it was allowed, 
mm-hmm. they could possibly yep, make yep. up to a million dollars. So that makes you think. If you were to go back and talk about like the Reggie Bushes and the Tavon Austins and all these these just electric names in college yeah. football, like what would these guys do with this type of regulation? And it hasn't even come to pass yet. But right. just kind of thinking into the future and in the past simultaneously, I guess that would have been such a different dynamic. It would have. I mean, I kind of think about it though, and would it have? Would it have been a different dynamic? I guess I kind of think so because at one point you have. What would have happened is the players would have had a lot more leverage. Mm-hmm. And the NCAA does not like that. They like to be the one governing body. They like to make all the rules and like to, you know, make sure everybody abides by them, which is, I guess, fine. But they've become almost a dictatorship about it. And it's really frustrating to see. But when you think about it, all the kids were already buying the jerseys. It didn't say Reggie Bush. It right. just had his number. And it was a right. USC jersey. The only you know thing, who it is. Yeah. The only difference would just be where the profit goes. And I think with that comes leverage with players. Right. I would assume that... Funds, obviously, you know, the NCAA doesn't want to lose money. They're making enough money, I think. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that concerns them is really the leverage and yeah. the amount of pull I think these they players could, have. they could care less if they had to pay somebody. Right? Right. I think they might. Somebody up top is really concerned that these players have a better image than the actual NCAA, and they're not wrong. There yeah. has not been a very favorable opinion of the National College Athletics Association the last couple of years. Yeah. Because of a lot of decisions Rightfully they've made. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. I totally agree. Um, the way they've they've treated, I don't want to say they're you know, they're mistreating athletes left and right or something along those lines. Like, yeah, they do a lot of great things, but um, they can do so much more. I think that's what I'm trying to get at, right? I think mm-hmm. they can do so much more, and that they should be using their platform to continue to do so. Right. Um. So that'll be really interesting to see, kind of where that ends up. Right. Anything else to to finish it off? I'm good. No closing thoughts. No closing thoughts. What What do you have to say for the people who made it this far in the episode? The very select few. The very select few, if any. Hope you liked it. I really, I really hope you liked it. You obviously, you obviously liked enjoyed it. it somewhat, or you're just sitting there and absolutely just <laughs> maybe you're you're just tied up and somebody's playing this in the background and you're just hating life. Maybe right you're now. listening to it in the shower. But if you did enjoy it, <laughs> nobody wants to watch us sit on the couch. <laughs> if you did enjoy it, please be a friend. Tell a friend. Um, you know, hit us up Twitter, Instagram, DMs are open. Let us know who you think we should have on the podcast next. Um, we're hopefully going to get some more guests on here pretty soon. But Kobe Manzo, Blaze Lauer, Division One Rejects, thank you.